0: Hello and welcome to episode 157 of Flicks and a Six. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanzo, with me, forever no and the man, the myth, the fourth Cornetto flavor, Alessandro Bilesi. Say hello, Al.
1: I'm not Judge Judy in execution.
0: So <laughs> my favorite line. <laughs> on, this, on this week's episode, Wanda, Vision, an update on Jason Nesmith, and other news and nuggets, all before diving into our flick of the week, a favorite amongst the crew, Hot Fuzz. But first, Al, what are we drinking? So,
1: today is January 20th. Sure it is. you can embrace that for all that that date signifies, like my Mm. cousin and his son's birthday. Or other things. Sure. But it was snowing today. (laughs) It was 30 degrees. And yet, it felt like a dawning of a new spring. Sure did. So we're drinking Harpoon Fresh Tracks. A bright floral hoppy spring pale ale. And... This has 6.2% alcohol by volume, 38 IBUs. Unfortunately, it's only 12 fluid ounces. Uh, up top here, it says bright golden with citrus and pine notes, a clean, light, and ready for spring ale. Boy, are we ready for spring. Sure Hibernation are. be damned. Get outside and make some fresh tracks. Hooray for spring. Uh, on the back <laughs> Hooray here, Hooray for says spring. How phones. old is this beer? <laughs> uh, probably one year. Be All nice. right. Um, our brewery parking lot can be a pretty good indicator of the season. Some cars have ski racks. Others have are decked with bike racks. Some even have both. Spring (laughs) here keeps us on our toes, so we're always ready for anything.
0: Oh, it really sounded like you're about to go into something else.
1: (laughs) Old man, what's his name, has been trimming other people's hedges. That's it. (laughs) See, that's one of my favorite things from this movie. (laughs) Just that delivery is so... And Jim Broadbent is perfect for it. And We'll get to it later, but it's just... It was totally organic. I didn't even set that up on purpose.
0: (laughs) All right. uh, Harpoon Fresh Tracks. Cheers. That was the nicest cheers we've had in a long time.
1: I just wish it was synced up.
0: This, This smells delightful. Interesting. It tastes very different than it smells.
1: Yes. It really doesn't taste what I was expecting it to taste like.
0: I feel like it tastes like what you said, but smells like something different.
1: Yeah, what did I say again?
0: Something about pine,
1: Right? <laughs> <laughs> with citrus and pine notes. A light, pine nuts, clean light no pine notes, P- not pine mm.
0: nuts. Pinoli's? Can we make Pinoli beer? <laughs> Wait, the first P- ever Pinoli beer. Wait, can we
1: make a beer that tastes like Pinoli cookies with like almond paste and pine nuts?
0: Uh, yeah, it's gonna be is beautiful. that the next Al's Ale? What? What's that? Is that the next Al's Ale? We could. Al's Bakery Selects. <laughs>
1: just jamming so much almond paste into the and, we're
0: have, and we'll have Gianna and Kim make the cookies, and, like, it'll be a pairing situation.
1: I'm also thinking, though, we should just make the raw dough, and, like, we'll not dry hop it, but dry dough it.
0: Interesting. Interesting. What, what could happen? Um, <laughs> Worst beer ever. <sighs>
1: Well, the thing is almond paste actually probably has too much fat in it, and that's not a good thing. Mm. I don't know. I'd have to do a lot of research. Into
0: this. Yeah, I think we're gonna I think this is gonna end up being like a teaspoon of almond extract and nothing else. <laughs> and <laughs> and, can, and the burnt husks of some pinola. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm just gonna well, it's a lot of times if you're gonna dry quote unquote dry hop type thing or whatever, like if you're gonna add like something like that in for the flavor and aroma, you have to soak it in vodka. Oh, to interesting. Sterilize it. Mm-hmm. Because the vodka won't actually add any taste.
2: Right. And
1: there's such a small amount of it that it only adds like a very small amount of alcohol. Sure. Um, but it allows it to be safe. So like that's what like a lot of times like if you if it's like aged on like raspberry, like preserve or something like that. Mm-hmm. If you see something like that in like a beer, a lot of times what they do is like take the raspberry, like, and then like puree it and then like soak it. They put it in like one of those like tea. Like bag type things, sure, and like soak it in vodka, and then put that fluid
0: into the beer. So we put the pinoli beans in a raspberry beret, and then we soak that in vodka.
1: Wait, this is gonna become a raspberry, <laughs> a raspberry <laughs> pinoli cookie beer.
0: <laughs> so decadent. <laughs> that's a that's one word. Um, I'm not sure what this beer tastes like.
1: I'm definitely getting some floral for sure, which is that what it says, bright floral hoppy. It's definitely bright. Yeah, there's some hop bitterness, but not an yep. overpowering amount of hop bitterness. I think it's a perfect amount for this because it's a pretty light beer. Mm-hmm. Um, it smells super piney.
0: It does. It. I don't know. It, it smells like something specific that I've had before. I like got another beer that I've had, but I. I feel like the the smell, the scent, and the taste are completely different in my in what I'm experiencing at least.
1: Yeah, I keep fooling myself by smelling it and then tasting it and expecting it to taste somewhat like it smells, and it doesn't. No, they're both good. The taste and the smell are both good, but they're different.
0: Yeah, it's um, it's a little bit more, um, mm-hmm. more bitter. Like not, mo- like not. I guess that's relative, right? Like yeah. <laughs> so whatever. But like you, like it's noticeably bitter, not in a bad way. Yeah, uh, I would go. I'm gonna go two thuckles.
1: That sounds right to me.
0: I was, was going
1: to say one thumb and then I forgot that we're on the thuckle scale.
0: We are on the thuckle scale. You have, yeah. to, you have to adjust accordingly. Um, but uh, yeah, not too shabby. Not, not my favorite. Not something that I'm, going to, I'm running out to, get, to grab. But um, I'm not upset about it. I've been <laughs> upset about certain things in the past. I'm not upset about this one. <laughs> uh, my feelings are less strong about this than they are about, say, the Phantom thread. <laughs> <laughs> fair, cool. All right, Harpoon. I see you. I feel like Harpoon is uh, is uh, is good for one to two thuckles.
1: They're very consistent. And I have never really been, like, actively disappointed by any of their beers that I can think of off the top of my head.
0: Right. But also, I feel, on the same page, not actively thrilled.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of their beers that, like, if you drink them, it's like, oh, yeah, definitely. But, like, not something I'm, like, blown away by.
0: Sure. Oh. Speaking of drinks and alcohol and booze and all the and all the like, I uh, did you watch Outlander? We may have discussed this.
1: No, uh, uh, my brother and his girlfriend have watched most of it. I don't think they. You, you and me talked about it a couple weeks ago. I think. Yeah. They are in the f- most recent season, but I don't think. They oh, okay. it
0: okay. Okay, I, uh, Kim, a uh, uh, Christmas gift. The, my last Christmas gift came uh, that Kim got me uh, last week. Uh, it's been shipping. For quite some time. It was on a boat at I'm one point. I'm still
1: waiting for a birthday gift. My birthday is in the end of November.
0: Yes. Well, are you referring to the one that I'm talking about?
1: Oh, no, actually. I was I oh, kind of... No, there's, still,
0: there's still a whole thing that well, I was have. To say, I'm in pretty mind. sure
1: it sounded like your plan for my birthday was actually like a plan. It was some sort of event.
0: It, 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 it is. It requires the world to be turned back on, though. Yeah, it seemed that so way. I it might be your 31st birthday.
1: <laughs> I was surprised when you were saying it like, oh, I got to see if everyone can do this. And I was like,
0: mm. is that I gonna mean, work?" everyone is not like a large number. Let's be very clear.
1: Well, I didn't expect it to be like 30 people like yeah.
0: no, no, no. Uh, it'll be uh, it'll be nice, though, when we get there.
1: No, but I'm pretty sure I'm still waiting on birthday gift from my sister. Mm. I think I'm still waiting on a Christmas gift from her from last year, too.
0: Nice. Yeah, <laughs> she's, playing, she's playing an interesting game there. It's great. Okay. Yeah, it's coming. It's coming. Anyway, this gift, if I had arrived, um, it was like one of those things I forgot about. I was like, oh, wait, I forgot. Kim said that another gift is coming and it's her favorite one. And I was like, oh, oh. I still have this to look forward to. And yeah, then it came a, like the next day. That,
1: that could be disappointing.
0: That's true. Until you open it up and it's a scotch from the main character of Outlander. Oh. And it's called the Sassanac, which is... The Outlander, <laughs> oh, yes. and it is not only is the bottle amazing, uh, are the the little writings on it fantastic. The enthusiasm that this guy has for the Scotch is great. It's also delightful, oh. <laughs> like and not in the Phantom Thread way. No, <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: that's to be clear. That's a delight.
0: That's, that's right. Okay, this is delightful. Yeah, it's full of it, now, uh, and it's fantastic.
1: Is, is this is this a scotch that's like official show scotch like and it's the character not it's the actor
0: it's the actor okay yeah um so but the the name obviously is a tie-in and sure. uh
1: i was just wondering but, if it was like you know like game of thrones sponsored like some whiskeys like with
0: sure like, no this is but like the, is the actors or
1: is it like the actor
0: the actor is behind it and okay. it is his whiskey it's and it's uh it's oh oh is it good <laughs> its it is uh if it if it can last which i it won't last um i would say it would make it would it would easily make an appearance at this year's flicks and a whisk mm-hmm. however, I don't know that that's happening <laughs> i know that we're gonna have we have our own plan for that, but there is uh, like there's not gonna be an academy awards right well, they did it last year Hmm. hm yeah, but this year <laughs> is all movies that came out in twenty twenty
1: <laughs> yeah um so like it's funny, because in the last couple of weeks, I've been seeing a bunch of stuff. I was like, I have not heard of any of these movies that are up for, like, everyone's like, oh, this is going to be for Best Picture. I was like, I've never even heard of that before.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, if, uh, if that does happen, and it happens in February, there might be a chance that the Sassanac makes an appearance. But there's a good chance that it'll be long gone by then. <laughs>
1: i got to work on getting this vaccine soon so we can do that together, because otherwise I'm not going to be able to have
0: the whiskey. So Fair. Wait. You can't have the whiskey. Oh, because you won't be here. Got it. Correct. Got it. I was like, I don't understand. I, wait, what vaccine are you talking
1: about? You know, the one that allows you to just like
0: pour to the whiskey have, into to your To and it shows up on my side. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, 100%. I'm with you on that. It's fine. You just um, take the
1: whiskey and you put it out um, on the wine.
0: Oh, and then, it, yeah. <laughs> and then if we get that, maybe we can make your birthday happen. Oh. But uh, it's still, it still might be worth the wait a little bit longer until things are a little bit more back to normal, if that does happen at some point. Anyway, uh, what do you say we get into some news and nuggets? Okay. Um, although I feel like that was kind of a nugget. Sure. Masquerading around as something under the beer section like, of this. It was
1: like a cold open to the news and nuggets.
0: That's right. That's right. Um, I didn't know where I want to start. Uh, sorry, I have one that I want to start with. I'm ready now. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's a big one. You ready for this? Yeah. It's not really a big one. It's big for us. It's big for you and me personally. Oh. Um, I'm going to read you a little something. This comes from is this Wirebuzz. A, is this a reading? or? The- it's a, my, No, I'm not a huge fan of the long reading. This is more just a blurb from an interview.
1: Okay.
0: A blurb from a blurb from an interview on a website that may or may not have conducted the interview, but probably just reported on an interview that happened. You know how that is? <laughs> you know how you don't know where anything comes from anymore? Yeah. <laughs> so anyway... Uh, what I'm reading from <laughs> is from Sci-Fi Wire, <laughs> and uh, the person credited is, is Josh, Josh Weiss, uh, and it is an interview with Tim Allen, and it is about the Galaxy Quest sequel script. What? Okay. Uh, and talking about how it was fabulous, but it was all... This is the, the prelude to the actual quote that I'm going to read, but um, it had a lot to do with Alan Rickman's character, and it's unfortunate that would have to it wouldn't it wouldn't obviously be able to play out the same way anyway he says so it all got very sad and dark because the script was all about Lazarus and Taggart it was all about their story it doesn't mean they can't reboot the idea and the underlying story was hysterical and fun Alan continued I haven't reached out to anybody in the last week but we talk about it all the time there is a constantly a there is constantly a little flicker of butane torch that we could reboot it with Without giving too much away, a member of Alan's Galaxy Quest family could step in and the idea would still work. Hmm. So it sounds like they have something that's fun and that they're excited about, and that in itself makes me happy. And I'm, like, I, I I would be totally fine with never seeing a new Galaxy Quest. I would yeah. never, It was never even on my radar. But if you want to bring something like that back because you're excited about it, not for the cash grab, that, that excites me.
1: It would be kind of meta, too, right? Like, this whole idea of Galaxy Quest is washed. It's 20 years later. But the whole movie was about actors from a show that were washed that was, yep. like,
0: 20 years later. Yeah, it's almost like the Jay and Silent Bob rebooted reboot of the same story. But that, I just, oh, I mean, as the fans know, we're huge fans of Galaxy Quest. Um, it feels like a top 10 movie, even though if I were to actually sit down and make a list, it wouldn't probably make it.
1: No, but I do very much enjoy that movie.
0: Uh, It's a fantastic movie. Uh, I just... I was so tickled by this. I was like, "Oh, another one!" But then I did. I immediately had like I started reading it. I got really excited, and then before reading the next paragraph, I was like, "Oh, wait a minute, Alan Rickman!" And that's when he goes into but Alan Rickman. And I was like, "No," (laughs) and then I was like, "Maybe we should just do Galaxy Quest again. We haven't had a repeat movie."
1: (laughs) Well, it was touch and go for a minute. We were worried that this one was what we had done. (laughs) We (laughs) have
0: talked about Hot Fuzz so much. That, I had to
1: literally go back and scroll through every single episode, which is now up to what this is one hundred fifty seven, one hundred fifty eight, whatever it is.
0: Yeah, one hundred fifty seven.
1: We're uh, we're we're getting really close to uh, to four years of this show, which is funny right because just now we've bro- like passed the threshold of by number three years of the
0: show. That's right. That's <laughs> right. It's uh, it's we're f- the fourth year of the show at one hundred fifty seven episodes. It's a weekly show. Do don't movie. at me.
1: <laughs> now, to be fair, there's a handful of episodes in there that are like part one, part two, part three. There's a handful of episodes that are in there that are untitled and don't stick to the convention. But that only accounts for like six episodes.
0: <laughs> I just love the way it started. We're going to do three movies. In in three beers. <laughs> in about, yeah. No.
1: <laughs> well, we did the three beers plus a few more beers. We did the three movies. But it was like three and a half hours.
0: We did the nine beers that one time. <laughs> nine beers, no movie. <laughs> <laughs> Technically no movie. <laughs> Oh, man. I doubt that we'll be doing nine movies, no beer, though. It's probably not going to happen.
1: It would take us about the same amount of time it took us to do the extended Lord of the Rings trilogy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway... That was just a nugget for you. I thought you'd you'd be excited about that. Um, I don't know. Like, I'm not confident that it'll actually become something, but the idea and that they're excited about it is is fun. Mm -hmm. Um, Because you could. It's not something that you're. You're not going. I don't think you're going to damage the movie or the script of the former flick (laughs) by making a sequel. It's fine if you do another one. I don't think there's anything to really worry about.
1: Yeah, I mean, because that one is really truly like a cult classic. Like I wouldn't say Mm -hmm. it's like a super, super popular movie and it doesn't have like an expanded universe that like you're betraying like a whole bunch of like diehard and like less diehard fans or whatever.
0: Right. Right. As long as you bring back Tony, I'm good. T he's a scene stealer. He really is. (laughs) He's. Yeah. I got an idea. (laughs) 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 Anyway, um, why don't we dive into what we're watching? Okay. I think this is probably the longest segment of News and Nuggets. Uh, I'm going to start off because there's well something that we're both watching together, which is great. Uh, and I don't know that it's necessarily going to qualify for a man-to-watch style situation.
1: That's what I was thinking about, too. And I was like, I think we can probably just check up on it when we like in like, whether it be every week or every other week or every couple
0: That's of weeks. That's true. Anytime we have something to say about it. Yeah. But before we get into that, I have been on a hot streak with Apple TV shows. talked about this a little bit on Game Bytes yesterday. Actually, no, I didn't. I talked about it before we recorded. So it's nowhere to be found. (laughs) It's somewhere in
1: the Lost Archives.
0: That's right. But bring up historical documents. I watched Little Voice. Fantastic. I watched Ted Lasso. Maybe one of the best television shows I've seen. I watched Trying which was a hidden gem. And uh, also, Trying was starring one of the Andes, which was just great and worked out perfectly with what we're doing today. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Because we were watching it, uh, we watched Trying, and then Kim and I were starting to watch Hot Fuzz. It was late, though. She ended up falling asleep, but she liked it. She'll have to go back to it at some point. But she's like, who is that? I was like, it's the guy. It's the guy from the show we just watched. Oh, yeah. Which which (laughs) Andy was it? Oh, I was about to say the one with the mustache. <laughs> You've got the one with, less, the one I, know. with <laughs> I know. The one with less of a mustache. The younger one. I don't know. The I, one who seems
1: to be the second in command.
0: Uh, weirdly, I think this is accurate for the entire movie. The one on the left.
1: He's on the left a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's funny because the one on the right, I believe, is in The World's End. He gets... Like, boosted up to being one of the main crew. Okay, because you know, like, and like, I, actually, you never saw that one, did you? The one. No. So, like, they ex- usually just like the two of them, or maybe it's the two of them and a cup co- They expand it to like a full blown like crew. It's okay, two of them: Eddie Marsan, Martin Freeman, and then I'm pretty sure Patty Considine, who okay. is one of the Andy. The other Andy, who is I think the one you're talking about, the one on the left, is. The villain in the Jurassic World sequel. Yes. 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 Which is funny for me making that realization when we were watching that movie, looking him up. I was like, well, this guy's so familiar. I was like, oh, my God, he's one of the Andes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But uh, anyway, that was so is that. And now I am. uh, We're almost done with the morning show, which is um, it's Apple TV's newsroom. Like, it's not newsroom, but it actually the the episode that we just watched was the probably a a, pr- a pretty strong parallel to the f- um to the fix you episode. It was really really good, like a just incredible execution. So I do think that it's worth somehow you getting your hands on um these stories because I think you'd really enjoy them. But uh anyway, like I said, four I'm um, four shows in, not a single miss so far. Really, and I've been like blown away. And like they're quick. They're like they're like eight to ten episodes it seems like per season and it's like really nice full story so far in each of the seasons of television that i've watched on it that i've like really like like, it's just really like solid writing now i realize that these are these are series that they pitched to this concept with right so they kind of had to be great
1: well the morning show was definitely one of their like four horsemen when they were coming out of the box the other ones there was the Jason Momoa show that, from what I understand, flopped. Um, I, I didn't see
0: it. Yeah, I didn't watch other... seeing or something like that, I think it's called.
1: Yeah, I, everyone's blind in the show. Um, mm-hmm. Except for, I think, like one character or something like that. Um, and I forgot what the other two shows were, so.
0: Yeah, like For All Mankind, I think, is one. Yes, and that then was uh, I heard that wasn't that great either. It's supposed to be fun.
1: Mythic Quest is supposed to be fun from my part, and it's like continuing on. And I think it's got like a tight-knit viewership. I don't think it's like, mm-hmm. a very expansive viewership.
0: The only person that I know that has watched it has like been like, why haven't you watched it yet? So mm-hmm. it seems like it might be worth my time.
1: It's interesting because it's what's his name? Who it's um McElhenny. Mac, yeah. McElheny?
0: McLeheny? Yeah.
1: Rob McElhenney. Yeah. Yeah. What,
0: what was uh, it? <laughs> <laughs> Messenger? They, they,
2: <laughs> <basically>.
0: <laughs> uh anyway so that so that's I, i've been watching a lot of that i'm almost on with the morning show that's so that's four shows i might end up burning through whatever else is on there because so far so good um next up new m new show first mcu disney plus show wandavision wow. has dropped the first two episodes by the time which, you're hearing this the third episode is out as well
1: which we've been waiting on for how long now because it felt like that show was supposed to come out like a year ago.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know I don't know. But I do know that the entire the entirety of knowing about the show, uh, watching the trailer, reading things about it, I've been like, What am I getting myself into? Am I gonna enjoy this? Is this gonna be even good? And then I'm like then I have to backpedal for a second, and be like, Look, they haven't disappointed you yet. And yeah, I, I mean the that's first kind episode. of why
1: I ultimately gave it a shot when I did Sure. Like I was gonna probably get to it eventually whatever, and I was just like, you know what? I'm watching it, you know? Um uh, because for me, I feel like we've been kind of on the same page on this. Like, when I first announced it, I was like, why? And right. then they announced the name of the show, and I was like, why? Right. And then they put out the first trailer, and I was like, why?
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then you watched the first episode, and you went, all right.
1: <laughs> well, no, so, like, the, a little bit, and they were playing very close to the vest, which I understand, because they on sure. a certain amount of mystique to this when they're 100%. Mystique's not in it because X-Men is only just being uh, joined up with, with Disney and all that, but fair, um, you know, they, uh, <laughs> they were very secretive with, <laughs> I was just gonna let it go. <laughs> yeah. They were, they were being very secretive with it, but then they released a little bit more info in the trailers. And I was like, Oh, that looks weird. And I was like, mm. I don't know if I like that. But then I thought about it some more. And I was like, like, well, don't really care about either of these characters. Not really. And this seems to be kind of, the ultimate naval gazing considering like vision seems to be fully dead in the MCU and mm-hmm. like we're still trying to figure out what Wanda's about and they totally just threw that romance at us like out of nowhere and all that. and I was right. like, huh
0: yeah like, so it was like it was like, it was like oh, right? you know what we're gonna do We're not entirely sure. so let's give you a romantic interest and you know what lose the accent. just take it. Do the accent thing is weird, <laughs> But I, w- I think it was just
1: because it was how bad it was when she was doing it in Ultron. Um But yeah, I was like, you know what? If you were ever going to get me interested in the show, it being weird as fuck might be the only way to do that.
0: Yeah, that's and fair.
1: And that I think I was rewarded for giving it that shot in that regard because it is weird as fuck. And I like it. It's, it's probably really <laughs> the only reason I do like it because otherwise I don't same.
0: Really, yeah, I'm. I'm really enjoying it as well, and I think the reason that I'm like I was, I was enjoying the first episode because because of how true they were sticking to the to what they were doing. Yes. I was like, oh, like this really feels like. I mean, like, I watched a lot of I Love Lucy when I was younger. Like, th- like this feels great. I will dream of Jeannie, like I'll, like a mishmash of both of those things, and then it's all of the
1: shows. It's every just, one of
0: those shows. Yeah, and like just when it was getting to the point of being like, okay. I, like, I get it. like but the, And I, I was starting to worry. I was like, oh, is this only going to work for one episode? And then it got creepy. And I was like, oh, yes. oh, that's a fun turn. <laughs> yeah,
1: I wondered about that myself as I was watching the first 10 minutes or so of it, where I was like, okay, we get it. Like, 1950s, 60s, like, sitcom mishmashed with, like, present-day sensibilities of, like, superhero movies. That's, like, a funny, like thing like it's a combo that doesn't make sense so like but that stick only worked for so long
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then it gets super surreal and honestly super dark for moments. and i was like oh okay like if we could flip the switch from this is just like slapstick humor to weird like okay yeah yeah and then we're, and then we're gonna go right back to everything's totally fine and then it's going to get super dark. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, no, I can, uh, I can buckle and up for this.
0: A hundred percent. And to their credit, they absolutely nailed it. Because by the end of the episode, like by the end of the two episodes, I was like, I can't wait till next week.
1: Yeah, that's, I, I was, I could not believe that that's how I felt as well. That's why I felt compelled. I wrote about it in the spin in this week. Yeah. I was like, this is weird and fun and i like it i I don't know like what i didn't expect this to ever happen because yeah i have no regard for those characters i really had no regard for the show i thought it was interesting that they chose to in the idea of like they kind of have like a smorgasbord of all of those old shows but each episode so far has actually really directly paid homage to like a specific show the first show was very dick van dyke show Mm -hmm. and then the second one was very bewitched right and so now i'm kind of curious like even on its own like well, what's next week? Is it gonna be I Love Lucy? Is it gonna be Right Mr. Ed? I don't like
0: what, ha- what Honeymooners
1: like yeah, Honeymooners? Honeymooners
0: is coming at some point or another. Uh what is the actress's name? She's fantastic, the neighbor.
1: Oh, Catherine Hahn.
0: She's so funny. Everything she's in, she cracks me up. Even, yes. even when she's like, she's not she wasn't playing an overly comedic role, but it is the intention that she was like the humorous friend next door, which is a character that is in all of those shows, but she is nailing it to some ridiculousness of like, it is so true to form for that character, but also modern enough to let her do her thing.
1: Also, what's perfect about it is she's playing some of it. So over the top because they might as well, like her name is Agnes, but they may have well just named her red herring because, (laughs) <laughs> and like she's just owning that. Like she's just gonna be the magician's assistant, which you know, we see that in not with her specifically, but we see that in the second episode, right? With with vision and and uh and Wanda being a magician, and mm. although vision is becomes illusion, <laughs>
0: and, oh yeah,
1: uh, it was a great stage name for her, but like she is literally doing all of like the jazz hands over here to not you know what's going on. And it's like, I see what's going on
0: yeah but what's what's crazy about the whole thing is like and by the end of both of the episodes and even like halfway through like i start to think but when it allows your mind to wander a bit because it does i think it actually intentionally drops a bit in the episode to let you think about it for a minute of like where we're at with these actual characters it's like we don't actually know where if this is taking place we have an assumption right and the idea obviously we talked about this a little bit but it's that like Either she's in some self-preserving state of keeping Vision alive in her own mind, like Inception style, doing it to herself, or which there's somebody- an
1: aspect of that we see in the second episode,
0: right? Or like some, or or whether like she has passed out or something like that, or like they, or she's been put in, or maybe there's some tests being run, which but the like
1: pre-credits clip of the first episode would seem to indicate.
0: That's right, and it's it's really interesting, and I think what's what's awesome about it too is there's there's a long credit scene right in both episodes the credits are very long and it's like why right but there is one thing to note about those credits and that is very quantum realm yes and it's like okay so what what's the next step of it? like there's clearly i feel like the, the the credit scene is a hint of where they're gonna take it at the very end but like there, but that's not where it is now. And I feel like what what it's going to I feel like it'll probably come down to some sort of thing like hit like tapping into the multiverse a bit at some point uh, towards the end of maybe like l- finding a way for like vision to come back into the fold as a character that is alive and well. Well, that
1: would make sense because the new Doctor Strange movie is the multiverse of madness. Mm-hmm. And I believe Wanda is a part of that. I think so. And so that would make a lot of sense.
0: So this will potentially be like, so if anybody else is going to show up, there's a chance that it would probably be him, right? Like by the end of, like, you know, finale episode. It's just a episode.
1: quick for two seconds.
0: Yeah, like your baby Yoda of yes. of of the series, but like happening at the end of the, of the season versus like the end of the first episode. Uh, it, I'm in, man. I'm all in.
1: Yeah, I never thought that was going to be the case. I believe I ranked it. Eight lobster door knockers out of 10 terrible illusions.
0: <laughs>
1: my grade for the first two episodes.
0: <laughs> Perfect.
1: My other um, my other kind of quick thoughts on it was the low key like MVP so far. The scene stealer was the boss's wife at dinner when he's choking.
0: Yeah. She was
1: fantastic. Uh, stop, stop that. Stop that. Yeah. And just watching her break down. while trying to keep the facade up. It was incredible, actually. Like uh, some of the darkest shit seemed in a minute. Actually, it's
0: super creepy.
1: And also, I never expected Paul Bettany to be incredible at like slapstick comedy. Yeah, like that just seemed so out of character for him. And I was like,
0: wow. <laughs> uh, one of the, there's something that every time I think about him, like and being funny, i I'm, I, rem- I remember this stupid clip. I forget which late night show it was on. Uh, I think it might have been. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel or Jimmy Fallon, one of the two It could have been any of them. Really? It doesn't really matter, but like they had a, a handful of cast members on from Avengers. And uh, who's the, ca- the actor that plays Loki, Tom, Tom Hiddleston, Tom Hiddleston. He was on it. And, uh, the, the, uh, interviewer was like, there's a, there's a lot of, uh, of, of English folks on the show and, or on the, on, in the movies. And he was like, yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah. Four, um, four of us, five, if you count Paul, And he goes, wait, (laughs) why? And like, it seemed like it was like a a very silly, like style of his humor of like making the correction as a joke, like remembering there was somebody else. But just the way that that played out, I I just, it's like, it's a dumb joke, but for whatever reason, I think about that a couple of times a week (laughs) for some reason. And I just think it's so funny. That's (laughs) a weird
1: frequency to think about That's very specific. Uh,
0: (laughs) Yeah. I don't know why. I have no idea why. Maybe I'm seeing Paul Bentley a lot. <laughs> Who? Paul Bentley. Sorry, I think you said Bentley. I was like, who's Paul Bentley? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Paul, Paul the car. Um, No, I don't know. Maybe it's probably because he's been like showing up in like a lot of things that like, you know, Posts and stuff like that, reading about WandaVision and things like that, that. That's why the frequency at which is coming into my mind. Fair but enough. if I could find the clip, I'll just send it to you. It's fantastic. I just feel
1: like he always plays very dry, like like straight man type, like even borderline monotone at times, like characters, to see him You're doing right. this big comedic performance has been funny for me. I don't know.
0: Yeah. He's in um what's he what's that uh a night's tale, right? Yeah. Actually, I've seen little bits uh, of
1: it. I love that
0: movie. Why have we not done that yet?
1: My brother really likes that movie. I, I've never Fantastic. really got around to it.
0: Alright, it'll be coming up. I love that movie.
1: So the only thing is like I've really seen him in were Da Vinci Code. <laughs> and it, does he even have any lines in that movie? He's just like a menacing presence for most of the movie. Um, mm. There's definitely something else I saw him in too, and I can't think of what it was now.
0: Yeah, he's, I mean, he's been in a decent amount of things. Look them like up real quick while you talk about the expense.
1: Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to need your participation a little bit, so I'll set the stage while you're looking up Paul Bettany. All
0: right, ready, um, Master and Commander, A King, A Knight's Tale, Margin Call, A Beautiful Mind, WandaVision, Uncle Frank, Solo. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, he was in um, Avengers. <coughs> <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to. It's brewed with heart. It really is. <laughs>
1: Um, I, you know, it's funny cause he is a little bit big. He does have like kind of a big performance in, in solo, but I wouldn't really say it's like an overtly like comedic performance. Like there's a couple of one liners, but like, mm. it's mostly just like over the top British villain in that. Sure. Yes. No,
0: oh, I said, sure.
1: <laughs> anyway, the expense. <laughs> So, um, I've Uh, been watching the new season of The Expanse. I did not get a chance to watch today's episode yet, but I was thinking about it some because last week, and I'll avoid spoilers because, well, not to say necessarily although I think you would enjoy the show but, you know, whether or not you're going to be getting to it is kind of irrelevant. Um, But in case anyone else has any interest or hasn't caught up with this season, I don't want to spoil anything. So, a character is introduced this season. Very secondary character. But... This character has a history with one of the main characters from, like, prior to the events of the show. So, you know, it's one of those classic characters that's introduced more to give backstory than anything, right? Yeah. And this character gets a lot of screen time just because of the nature of used to draw out exposition about the, the backstory of some of the other major players in this story, right? So that character died last week on the show. Okay. And this part of it, I think you'll find interesting because you just finished the Sopranos. And I was like, I texted my brother's friend, Brian, who actually, I don't know if he's listened to us anytime recently, but he used to listen to our show a lot. Um, Cause he used to drive to and from Buffalo for school. So sure. long drives, he'd knock out like five or six episodes <laughs> yeah. on the way to and from school.
0: Um, Sometimes five, six of an episode, depending yeah, on well, if we're on a roll or not. <laughs> <listen>. <laughs>
1: But uh, So he was the one who actually got me to start watching The Expanse. So he's the only person I know who watched it, so I talked to him. And I was like, I think this character might be the most useless character I've seen on television in quite some time, like non-AJ Soprano. Which, that's the part where you'll finally be able to to uh, engage with my point about, I think AJ Soprano might be the most useless character in all of television history.
0: Yeah, I remember, I remember you talking about him um, like this. Back when you were watching it. Mm -hmm. And then bringing it up a few times while I was watching it. uh, I don't know that he's any more useless than a lot of other characters.
1: I just meant for like the ratio of the amount of total screen time he gets. Mm -hmm. He doesn't ever really have a purpose on the show.
0: Um, He has as much of a purpose as any other garbage character.
1: No, I mean like because other people have storylines that go places.
0: Or, i think his i think his does he grows up in i actually i found i was on i actually i think kim might agree with me i found that he was probably one of the characters that i was actually interested in
1: so i wasn't more interested in meadow because she had storylines that mattered. um you know whether it be directly or because of how they tipped off other characters storylines whatever right because the whole thing where she dating jackie jr that is sure. super important with tony there was you know her college search which you know ends up being important for for reasons right there's her boyfriend that leads to the end game of all of this you know what i mean mm-hmm. um the like and like when she was on screen like i'm not saying she was the greatest character but like she there's at least occasionally times where i was interested in what's going on with the character um mm-hmm. with aj i never cared like none of it mattered he just annoyed me um
2: mm.
1: i just felt like a underwritten character, the the best argument against what I'm saying is I suppose he's supposed to be some sort of foil for Tony to show how like terrible of a father he is. But like, even that's not really enough because after a while that idea kind of gets beaten to death. You know what I mean? Um, sure. Really his, his, the very light final storyline he has in the final season where um, he fails at killing himself. That might be the only interesting that happens with the character in the whole show.
0: Well that that particular thing though is the entire entirety of his character across all of the seasons like build up.
1: Yeah, but that's a lot of build up for not enough payoff.
0: Yeah, I'm having a hard time with this because I'm defending a character on a show that I absolutely despise. But <laughs> I do I I actually thought that his storyline was interesting. Maybe it felt like that was a one season
1: storyline though and it was 7.
0: But I think it helped the only thing that helps about that was like imagine like what you're seeing is him dealing with coming to terms with what's going on in his family over time. Right. It takes him a long, he, he, he is blind to it for longer than he should be. Yeah. But the point and is like then, over the
1: course of time, though, like, he sees how it affects his mother, his sister, his wife, his daughter. It takes him until the final season to see how it affects his son.
0: I think so because he's, uh, he's largely treating his son The way that he's treating him like you would treat a member of the crew, right? Where like you're not all of your emotions and feelings are invalid. He's actually it's showing you that he's learned nothing from going to his therapy sessions for the entire eight seasons because he doesn't change at all. And he's actually a psycho. Like and I, I feel like that it hints at that by showing you that like he is his son is actually one to one in a lot of cases experiencing the things that he has or is going through currently and he doesn't see it because he's so wrapped up in his own shit and yeah. I think that's actually the purpose of the character.
1: I, I mean, you're you are correct to me. I just didn't think they did enough good. I didn't think they did a good enough job displaying it. Is I guess what I'm saying. I thought it was like. Cause like sure. there are elements of that for sure. You're right, mm. but like it's just kind of like, well, that was nice, and then like just walk away. You know what I mean? Like, you,
0: like I don't. I just. I I will say they don't they don't carry it through ever.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it just never feels like they fully flesh it out.
0: Yeah, that's that. I mean, I think that that's fair. Of I've uh, I felt that way about a lot of things that happened in the show, but I totally see what you're where you're coming from with his character in particular.
1: Regardless, we got off on a little bit of tangent uh, tangent tangent, but I like that conversation that was good, but I want to bring it back to the expanse because
0: was I this was, all about you getting me to a situation where I defend something about the Sopranos because I don't, I fell for it. And I don't like it. No, it wasn't, it wasn't <laughs>
1: worth it. If, if what I got was you defending AJ. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> okay,
0: so we can both agree to never talk about that show ever
1: again. I mean, I'm sure it'll come up at some point. I'm I mean, sure. It um, will. Anyway, so I just, I was like, wow, this character is truly useless. Just how it all went uh, when the character died. Okay. So it got me thinking though. I was like, okay. Cause in that scene, the, the important character that this person was attached to, and I've been trying not to use any names or genders or anything. Cause I don't want to spoil that for anyone. If they haven't gotten there yet. Mm-hmm. The last week's episode ended on a cliffhanger. And that person I thought was going to die. One of the main characters someone who's been one of the main characters since the first season. I was okay. like, oh shit. So I don't know how to feel about this. Now, it seemed like the cliffhanger left that that person actually probably survived. I, like I said, I didn't get to watch this week's episode yet, but I imagine the person survived. But for a second, it really looked like the person was going to die. And I was like, oh, wow. This would be the first time like an actually important character died in a few seasons. Because mm. um, there is one main character who dies in the first season. There's a couple other people who are important to die over the run of the show. Um, some people who kind of elevate to like not quite main characters, but more than a secondary character who have died over the course of the show. Okay. So I was thinking about it, though. I was like, man, I don't know how to feel if this person dies. And like, it seemed like they didn't. I was like, okay, so I guess I can punt that decision. Like, I can punt that like, thought process further down the line if it's that person who can survive. And I was thinking about it. I don't think I would actually care that much if any of the main characters died. And then I mm. came to the shocking conclusion. I really like this show but I don't really like any of the main characters.
0: <laughs> like I don't hate it. That's kind of funny. I don't yeah. hate
1: any of them, but I don't like, I don't have a favorite character of the main crew. Now that's not totally fair. Cause it's, well, it's not game of Thrones asking like how many people are in it. Like there's like, it can be hard to draw a cutoff as to where the end of like the main characters are. Cause I think most people kind of define it as the crew of the Rosinante, which is four characters. It's Amos, it's Holden, it's Naomi, and it's Alex.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But then also in the first season, there's a, like another character who's like totally on the side, but they're in every episode and they're super important to the events. Um, and it's Shora and Dash, so you know her. She's a older actress. She's an Iranian actress. She's been in a lot of like sci fi stuff, whatever. You would recognize mm-hmm. if you saw her, you'd recognize her voice if you heard it.
0: I feel like um, I know who you're talking about.
1: Yeah. Now, she might actually be my favorite character on the show. Um, and I would consider her a main character but she's not part of the four on the ship and they've added also another main character who joined in the second season has been one of the main characters since then and she tends to often be off to the side of the main events as well though she crisscrosses with those with the show or character and the main core group often but a lot of times she's physically separated from all of
2: them okay.
1: and I was like well I actually kind of actively dislike her at times, but that has more unfortunately to do with the actress has one of the most obnoxious accents I've ever heard in my life. It's not her fault. She's this is the first like mean thing she's ever been in. She's actually a decent actress. I just can't stand her voice. Okay. And it's because it's purely because of her New Zealand accent. It's like the most aggressive accent I've heard in a while. And I was like, there was a couple times where I was like, that's how they pronounce that word. <laughs> uh, that's how they pronounce that word in English. Okay. Fair enough. Um, but like other than that, the character's fun. I actually like the character and I, okay. I don't have any problem with the performance. It's just her voice, and there's nothing she can do about that. So like I've made my peace with it. It's okay. Um, but I was thinking about it, I was like, it's super weird. If I have to like make a list of the three, like not like, oh, like one off of the character. My three like favorite characters from that show, none of them are the main crew. Mm-hmm. And I realized that what I I mean, part of why I love the show is I think they do tremendous storylines and acting actually overall is pretty good, which surprised me for a show that started on sci-fi and now is on um and some of the production value is pretty good. It's gotten better as time's gone on, as the budget's gotten bigger and all that. Um, I really like the interplay between the main characters. I really like what they bring out of each other from both mm. a story and an acting per- perspective. But I don't actually care that much about any one character. Yeah. Which is weird. It's a weird phenomenon to me, like, coming to grips with that. I'm just wondering is it- how you feel about that. Like If, if you if you like think about is has there ever been a time where you've had something like,
0: I'm trying to think of, I'm I'm trying to think if there's something where I've have felt that way, and I, I wouldn't say that I don't, I can't pinpoint a situation where it was that I didn't really care for any of the characters, but where I have, I can experience like I feel like there's been times where like no character in particular stands out, but not that I'm like more like uh, about them. So I'm, what I'm curious about is like it seems like the writing. Of the show, uh, they're very good at, it seems like, set pieces and storytelling, but they're not good at writing characters? Or are the characters that they have written intentionally playing out in a situation where you don't really care for them?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I I don't hate any of them. And Mm -hmm. I just don't love any of them. And it's not like they're all, like, super shallow. Like, they've all had chances to, like, have development and, like, feel, like, real people like with like real motivations and all that mm. Um in like three dimensional, like there's one character that's not really, but like whatever, you know, not everyone's perfect, but the other three I feel like are all pretty well written as far as being like well-rounded characters but for whatever reason. Yeah. I just can't, I just, what I realized like, I was like, if any of them died, I don't think I would ever be like, Oh God, I like that. I'm going to lose that character. Like it's, it's more going to be, well, how does that affect the story or how does that affect the rest of the crew? You know what I mean? Like that sure. would be like how, like this would change the dynamic. Like, I just don't want to lose any of them more because the dynamic of them ends up being really interesting. And, and all the other tendrils that they send out to the secondary and tertiary characters, like their interactions with those people, I find to be interesting. And they drive the plot and they drive the world building. Cause it's an incredible amount of world building. It's really detailed, like in the way that game of Thrones was early on in the show.
0: Sure. And has it always been like that on the show? Is it something that you're just picking up on now or has it become that way?
1: Well, no, I think what I'm realizing is that at, now that the show has reached there halfway through the fifth season, and the sixth season will be the final season, um, and I had a brush with death with one of the main characters for the first time in a long time, like in a way that felt real. Like there's been times where one of them, one or more of them, have felt like they're in danger, but you always felt like there was going to be a way that they got out of it.
2: Mm-hmm. This
1: time, it felt like there was no way out of it, and they did, and like it was real, like it didn't feel like cheap, like it didn't feel like like plot armor. Um, like it felt that part, like I didn't feel betrayed by that in any way. Mm -hmm. Um, but that just made me for the first time realize like, Oh wow, what would I do if that character died? Mm -hmm. And I was like, eh,
2: yeah. Well, you, which
1: was weird to me for like I've never felt that way about a show that I really genuinely enjoy like there's shows that you kind of half-ass watch or for like you like you don't like the Sopranos right like you hated all those characters but you didn't like the show like so
0: whatever like, that, exactly that see that's that's what I was gonna say I was like I can't think of a situation where I really enjoyed the show even though I didn't like any of the characters and I will say that I guess the closest thing is the latter seasons and by latter I mean like of uh, everything probably like from the fourth season on of The Walking Dead where like. I enjoy the situations, but at that point, but even that though, like, I feel like it's a little bit different because even that they were the huge You liked flaws. all the characters
1: and didn't like the show.
0: Yeah, like, it, yeah, that, okay, maybe that's what it is. But I also didn't like the way that they were portraying them. So like, I feel like it's like, it's like a mix of of the Soprano situation and your situation that you're talking about. But I haven't experienced that where it's like, I don't actually care about yeah. the characters. That's, that is racking, interesting.
1: I was racking my brain. I was like, have I ever how is this even possible? Like, I feel like it, that means I don't like the show. And I was like, no, I definitely like the show. I'm not watching it go through emotions. I genuinely want to see what happens every week. You know what I mean? Like, right. I get joy out of watching the show. And now like there are a bunch of secondary and tertiary characters, or even like those handful of characters that I feel like kind of exist between like the main characters and the secondary characters. There's a bunch of those characters. I really actively enjoy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And there's a bunch of characters that I hate or I'm like, eh, but like, it's weird. Like I like, What's weird to me is like it's not even like I hate any of the main characters. I just kind of nothing them. Like
0: you they, just don't care.
1: They're there. They're they are important to the story, and if one of them's missing,
0: I got it. Okay, I feel that way about Gotham. Hmm. So I never I, watched the show, so I enjoy the storytelling. I like the cool twist of the villains that you know in a time before Batman and Jim Gordon being the person that's like dealing with it. That concept mm-hmm. is great. I don't particularly love any character that is a main character. I absolutely love one character who is not. This is the guy that plays Victor Zaz. I think he's fantastic. He also plays a villain in um, what's that show? Uh, that with uh, Jason Bateman that everybody loves Ozark. Okay. Uh, he's great, but he's like he's he's Zazz. He's not like it's he's not a main character. But like, yeah, I don't really. If any character along in the series were to t- be taken out, I wouldn't really care so much. Yeah, um, but I do. I would. I still, and that's actually kind of helped pre- prevented me from going back to it. Like I haven't finished it because I was getting getting a little bit blah on the characters, but the storylines I did enjoy. So there's that at least. It's something similar.
1: Yeah, it, that's at least in like the area code of what I'm saying. Yeah, I just I just thought it was so weird. I was like, wow, I like because it. it'd be different if like you like. then there's villains and there's like lesser characters that like. I Actively hate, but like, they're, they're good villains or whatever, you know what I mean? Where it's like, oh, I hate, mm-hmm. like, the because of the person you are, but like, that's a good character, so like, I care what happens mm-hmm. one way or the other with that person, you know what I mean? With like, right, I see that person defeated, or if some, you know, sometimes there's really great villains where it's like, oh wow, what are, what are they gonna cook up next, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, but like, I care about that character in some way. It's so weird to me about the four main characters, like, I truly like, I don't hate them, I don't love them, I just kind of like, they're there, like, they're, like mm-hmm. they are it's like the wheels on your car, you know, like the, you need them to keep going, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, I guess I will have to deal with what this looks like because one of those four characters, um, will be off the show after the season due to the actors indiscretions of which there were apparently many gross. So
0: mm-hmm. cannibal. Um,
1: no, thankfully <laughs> uh, but it seems like rampant, um, abuse and sexual abuse. Ugh. Type of allegations, like yeah. a lot
0: of them. So, ah, isn't that lovely? No, it's not. Ugh. Now,
1: I will say of, of the four characters, he's the one I even cared the least about. So that's a good thing, uh, I guess. Uh,
0: yeah, sure, silver lining of some sort.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, ah,
0: ugh. That's yeah. that's a weird note to end on. Anyway, sorry. Uh, what, <laughs> do you have any other <laughs> news and nuggets? Ah, uh, no, I think that's it. Alright, then I think it's time for fun and games. What do you say? Okay. On this week's Fun and Games, we have a very uh, well-suited quiz.
1: Okay.
0: Al, which Hot Fuzz character are you? Mm. Let's start. You walk into a hotel and get called a fascist. What do you do? (laughs) Run away? Roll your eyes and walk away slowly. Reply with hag. Say, how dare you? (laughs) Hag, for sure. (laughs) But only because you've seen the movie. There is a swan on the road. What do you do? Swerve and carry on. Pick it up and drive on. Uh, swerve. Yeah. Okay. What is your favorite color? Black, pink, red, blue, gray, or white? They come in black. <laughs> nice. Uh, what is your favorite film slash TV show? Run, Fatboy, Run, <laughs> Spaced, Hyperdrive, wow. The World's End, Paul, or Shaun of the Dead?
1: They really went with all... Simon Pegg, great Dick Frost things. (laughs) Yep. Um, I'll go with Shaun of the Dead.
0: Okay. What animal are you most like? A fox, tiger cub, Alsatian? I don't know what that is. Uh, A monkey, a king cobra, or a kitten? (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea. (laughs) Um, The monkeys are particularly cute in this picture. Sure, let's go with monkeys, I guess. Okay. You're a police chief investigator and have to hire a new officer. What do you look for in a new recruit? Ability to buy ice cream? Will do anything you ask? Someone willing to watch a movie with you? A lot of sarcasm? A sense of humor? Knowledge of police vocab guidelines? That's pretty great.
1: (laughs) Um, God. Let's go with the one, watch a movie. Okay. It's a movie podcast, why not?
0: How do your friends describe you? Funny and a little rude? a little bit scary and quite evil, focused but a bit mad at times. I guess the first one? Okay. Where would you like to retire? I'm just going to pick an isolated beach. What <laughs> do you do you, Would you do anything to <laughs> Would you do anything to save your best friend? Yes or no? Sure. That wasn't very convincing. When well, you were younger, what did you want to be when you grew up? Police officer, comedian, happy, <laughs> shop manager. <laughs>
1: I don't know. I I guess I'm going Happy, because I didn't necessarily want to be in any other thing, so.
0: Fair. Alright, we're calculating your result. Ah, this is fantastic. This is the best that it could have been. You didn't get one character. You got the Andes. (laughs) (laughs) You are funny and rude, but at the end of the day, you are happy to help your friends. You're sarcastic, and don't take anything seriously until you really have to.
1: Some of that's true.
0: I like that. I also, Mm. uh, the scene that they're using, which is a great andes scene and i can confirm the guy i'm talking about is always on the left uh, <laughs> but uh it's the one where they are they're full frame and it's behind simon Pegg's head and that's when right? they like
1: storm off and then he like comes back into the frame right
0: yeah yeah oh yeah. <laughs> uh, it's so good it's right, just, in like, front one... of george merchant's house after it blows up yep yep so good uh well that was fun of games with that why don't we get into our flick of the week Hot Fuzz, released in 2007, rated R with a two-hour and one-minute runtime. Your IMDb synopsis. A skilled London police officer is transferred to a small town with a dark secret. I like the way they buried the lead on that. That's that's good. That's yeah. pretty great. Um, let's kick it off. What's your? Uh, give me your tweet length.
1: I didn't think this was a perfect movie, but then I couldn't find a single reason why it wasn't. 10 out of 10, motherfuckers. <gasps>
0: Oh oh, man, Um, we're in an interesting uh, position here, my friend. An incredibly well-made film masquerading around as a goofball buddy comedy. Hot Fuzz blurs the line between art and pure entertainment. 10 out of 10. Fuck yes. Oh my goodness. Uh, I didn't realize, like I know that I liked the movie until I rewatched it and was like really focused. Because I know that I watched it a long time ago. Then I watched it a, a few more times in between, but like not like fully paying attention. Like, I had it on doing things, yeah. right? This was the first time in a while that I sat down and re-watched the movie. Like, Distraction-free,
1: start to finish, all that.
0: So funny. And it's a good story. And it does a lot of things. Like it, it takes on a lot of the different things that individual movies will try to take on, right? It does straight-up comedy, nails it. Buddy comedy, nails it. Black solid, <laughs> solid writing, nails it. Character study, nails it. Like I, I don't like they 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 did everything in the one film.
1: Also, what's I think most incredible about this one, especially when you compare it against the other Edgar Wright ones, is there is this poetry in in and how the script unfolds. This call and response that happens where they set up so many things, and some of them are stupid little one-offs, some of them are mm-hmm. background, some of them are laugh lines, you know, like, delivered for the punchline right then and there. And then those things all come back, and it creates this symmetry within the movie that's
0: really elegant. Well, that's, what's special about that is it is the... And it takes a few you, times like, watching it to catch all of them. Sure. But what what that is, um, any standout comedy routine like a really good stand-up the ones that you remember they land a lot of great jokes early on and they make a callback to one that's maybe not that important but they call it back and the way that you do like and that wraps up the show and it ends right yeah and that's a great way to execute a comedy routine a stand-up yeah they did that in the storytelling here where the final act is entirely callbacks like yes. a lot of them like one-to-one verbal cues like where they bring it right back to the thing and in, or like roll reversal cues so well, what
1: struck me about it was how dense with them it is you know what i mean and, yeah. and like in a way that doesn't feel gratuitous it feels perfect and that's why like i use the word elegant because it's like it was like they threw like 50 axes up in the air and then they caught all of them you know what I yeah. mean?
0: Yeah, like, 100%. Uh, and I wrote a few of them down, which we'll get to like uh, in a little bit, but like, I I started writing them down because I was like, this is amazing that they called this back, and that they called that back, and they called this back. I was like, you know what? I don't even want to write this anymore. I'm really enjoying this again. I, I know.
1: I started writing them all down like just off the top of my head because I was like, if I stop and do this, it's going to take me four hours to watch the movie. Like, <laughs> I was doing it from memory today after having watched the movie last night. Yeah. Just like – and there was a couple things where I was like, okay, like I remember that. Like, let me go back and look at. it. was like, okay, you know, it doesn't matter because as soon as I like, say the thing, even if we butcher it and paraphrase it, like we're gonna know what we're talking. About. That's it. Like, uh, rather than have to worry about copy and pasting everything word for word and finding every little scene and this and that, because I feel like just you and me riffing on this organically is gonna it's just oh. gonna feel more true to the movie. One hundred percent. How tight the script is of
0: the. Movie. It is, oh, and it's so good because there's like. I will say that, like I, I vaguely remember feeling. And I think actually Brian might have brought this up in our group chat of like it, it dragging on, or maybe he thought about that. Yeah, he's Dawn like, of he's like, Dead. oh yeah, the
1: movie was long. I didn't love it, and like, and like it felt like it dragged. And I was like, what movie did you watch? I
0: I do, and I remember vaguely feeling that way, but that's probably because of the times that I've had it on and I've not been paying attention. Because the what what could have easily dragged for me is the end. The, like the final act of like everything coming down because it seems like a very gratuitous action sequence but, but it's not there's the tremendous writing in the yeah.
1: the yeah the writing which and is like, what's so good about it visual cues and visual language mm-hmm. like there's a lot of it like that's honestly honest to god good movie making not just oh
0: yeah like, that's comedy. that's what's impressive about it right is yes. like it's for a comedy it's it's far too well made like yes. <laughs> it's so good um it cracks me up that I—I like, I mean, it's laugh-out-loud funny when you're by yourself, I and mean, sometimes that's that—that could be hard to do. Like I don't—that—that's usually I'll find myself smiling, but there's a handful of times where I like I would I blurted out laughter, and when you can do that for me, like it's a—you're uh, killing it. Uh The chemistry of uh, Nick Frost and Simon Pegg is just like they are the two best friends that (laughs) anyone could have. (laughs) And they really, they're just wonderful. And I think to, to bring in like this idea of like the, it's like Simon Pegg, uh, his character is so uh, he's, he's actually fairly deep, right? Like he's got, he's got this whole thing going on where he's a workaholic and he uh, it's damaged his relationships in the past. Um, he's clearly like has no life outside of of the force or uh, of the service, <laughs> I should say. And he it, and it affects him. And he's clearly struggling with it internally. Right. Like he's struggling with the fact that he's uh, he knows he's addicted to being a cop, but he can't seem to help himself. And, you know, and that has cost him in the past. And I think it's really funny that, like, the idea was they are kind of taking him out of... (laughs) They're taking him out of his current state because he's doing too good and making them look bad. Uh, And that might be the best thing for his personality, right? For him to come down from it. Even though the reasoning was ridiculous, it actually would have been helpful for him psychologically. And it ends up being that way. Like, the only character that can break him out of his funk is... (laughs) <laughs> Nick Frost's ridiculousness
1: yeah his own girlfriend that he would—he seemed like he cared about an awful lot like couldn't get him to and like even when he's trying to have a really heartfelt moment with her he can't switch off like
0: right because <laughs> he solves the crime you know that he window's broken break. from the inside right oh uh. that's <laughs> great because she goes Ugh.
1: meanwhile everyone else in the room huh? like, oh my god he cracked the case like yeah
0: <laughs> I like but yeah That's so it's so silly um the only other, the only thing outside of work that he, that he focuses on is his plant. His Japanese piece, Lily. Which is just fantastic. Also, I mean, I know I'm jumping all over the place here, but as far as fantastic writing goes, Guy's face bashed in with a, a potted plant is on the floor in the apartment. And Nick Frost goes, what happened to your piece, Lily? <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, so good. Oh, man. I love,
1: uh, and, and again, like, just, like, thinking of, like, callbacks. Like, just the way, like, they riff on the whole thing, right? Like, oh, have you ever fired a gun in the air while saying ah? Uh, you know, no, you know, I've never fired a gun in the
0: air singing, ah. Oh. You know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, have you ever fired a gun in a high-speed p- pursuit? Have you ever fired one gun or running two guns or jumping <laughs> in the air? Whatever it is, you know. <laughs> well, like, yeah. D- did you say this, that, whatever? You know, and then at the later, when they're in the middle of the firefight, yeah, you know. He goes. Did you uh, did you uh, have it, like say anything cool? And he goes. No. Uh, he, he goes. I didn't. But there was a. Oh, sorry. He goes. No, I didn't. Because there was a bit earlier though, where before I hit him with the piecely where I showed him the cuddly monkey and I said, "Playtime's over."
0: Ah, <laughs> oh, what did he say? Oh, I'm you're sad. On the fucking chain. <laughs> yeah, that's I uh, the chain. <laughs> oh man, he's that. It's uh, yeah. Th- those little moments that they that they make in it are like that. They, they like they took the time to make that scene. It's by all accounts, you're writing a script. You're someone's reading the script. They'd be like, if they were cutting things, they'd be like, just like throw this. Like, there's no reason for this here, but it makes that scene. It makes the entirety of that scene inside of the shop with the with the shooting. It's it's fantastic. Uh, starting off at the early part of the movie. So as we've talked about uh, previously, on um, maybe a few weeks back, we're going into the movies now. Yeah, we're we're in spoilers territory. Like it doesn't. That's it. So I love
1: I love the great cameos right off the bat with Martin Freeman. Oh. it's Steve Coogan and then Bill Nighy, All three of them in a row. Putting, uh, you know, and like like super like friendly and nice and this and that. He goes, you know, wait, are you telling me I'm too good at my job? Yes, you're like, yeah. look bad. You know, <laughs> and yeah. then he goes, oh, you want to go upstairs? Okay, and then they do first quick cut phone call. Steve Coogan's there. Yeah, you know, tells them the same thing. Whatever, but you want to go. Even further, yes, I think I have the to. chief okay. inspector. You're all the way down here, yes. And he just yells and he just opens the door and walks. <laughs> <Yeah. right through. laughs>
0: but the best, that I, while that entire, like the entirety of that situation is hysterical because, like, it's like, ah, oh, like it's like we don't want to bother that person. Like we call them into the room. The fact that each one of those conversations starts off with "How's the hen?" kills me. Oh, also, each time, too, if you notice, somebody else answers. It's a well. It's a little bit more perfunctory each time. He goes,
1: "How is the hen?" By the way, he goes. Oh, you know, it's still a little stiff. Yeah, I bet. You know, um, the next, day, how's the hand? It hurts. You know? uh, yeah. Oh, and then it's how's the hand? I imagine it hurts. It's just like it's like out the
0: door. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the next day, well, it's like when the third person says how's the hand. The other two people in the room say it's still a little bit stiff. <laughs> 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 oh man, so funny. They. I, I also love his style.
1: Before it's the single most painful thing I've ever experienced <laughs> in my life. It's the second most. <laughs> <laughs>
0: The uh, I, I also love uh, Edgar Wright's style um, with the the quick cut like that was a quick cut scene, right, where they showed yes. you different people coming into the room. But even before that, like the way that he does that thing where it's like doorknob, coffee cup, coffee going into the like there's so something so satisfying and snappy about that execution.
1: It gets me every time. When when, when George Merchant's having the late night fry up and he it's like, Oh yeah, beans, it's, it's, toast. <laughs> wait, no, it's 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 Grosh. Bacon beans. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh no, sorry, that was two separate ones because he grabs the girl's his girl's piss, and then it's when the killer gets him. It's it's pot, It's pan beans, uh, bacon, and you know. Click 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 click. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, Uh, it's so good. I um and then like the so we send him off to this town, right? The what is it? What what is the award that it's won? However many years Uh, in a
1: row. The 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 one like england's best town or best village competition yeah. or whatever it is
0: um oh and i again jumping ahead just the idea that when everything is going to shit the judges are there that one scene that one completely throwaway scene ties that whole thing up
1: which is great too because you see all like the banners and the streamers up everywhere and you know it's been on their mind the whole time whatever and then still when you see the judges at that point like you've totally forgotten about them
0: oh 100 percent
1: Total <laughs> I was like, "Oh right, that's today." <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man. Uh, so we get we get to the town. Um, I love how he's such a hard ass, right? He's like the whole like he's still like a, a tried and true. Like he's a cop. He's by the book. Um, and I love that he arrests Nick Frost at like the first time meeting him. And yes. the way that, that actually, that scene, that's another thing, right? That's like slapstick. That's Abaddon Co- Costello, where yeah. he's like, oh, God, he's escaped. He's escaped. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and the person that he has put in the jail cell is actually his partner, and he is a cop. Is fantastic. Well, and we
1: should even, like, have an inkling that's coming right before that, right? Because, you know, he's talking to the night... Like sergeant, and you know, nobody like, tells me nothing. Oh, he's like, yeah, he'll no, he'll be no use to you until the morning. Don't worry, he'll still be here. You know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> because he knows, yeah, oh, yeah. Like, oh, because when you are, you can see it perfectly, dude. Because when you are looking at uh, at at angels, like, look at it. It's oh, he's the town drunk. He's been locked up a million times. You know, he gave him his favorite room. You know what I mean? He's there yeah. on like first name terms, whatever. Like, and 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 then from the other side, it's you. Know, well, duh, it's obvious he fucking works there. and They all know him. Like, this is the.
0: Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um. Uh, so this is Hot Fuzz is the second entry of the three flavors Cornetto trilogy or the yes. Blood and Ice Cream trilogy. Uh, I did not understand. I didn't know the breakdown and the color scheme and how all that played out. Did you know about this? Do you know that this is the blue of the green, blue and red?
1: Oh, I didn't know that, but I guess that makes sense.
0: All right. All right. So the re- shot of the dead is the red and it's blood, and the ice cream that he eats is strawberry flavored. Okay. This one is blue, cops, blue buddy cop comedy, Uh, and it is the classic cone, which is a blue wrapper. Okay. Uh, I haven't seen World's End, but World's End is the green, and apparently he eats the mint chocolate chip green cone. So Uh, I'm not
1: as familiar with that one because it's obviously much more recent, and it's a good movie, It's a much more somber movie, Mm -hmm. um, like underneath, like the undertones of that movie. So I don't get the same joy from that movie to do the other two. Um, Right. I I like it, but I've only seen that one maybe like two or three times.
0: Okay. Yeah, like I said, I still still haven't seen it, but like I I never knew the reasoning behind the name and the breakdown of the colors and how that played into it. I think that's kind of fun.
1: Yeah, I didn't know the further like depths of it, but I knew that it was referring.
0: Yeah. So that's cool. Uh, so we he uh, Angle makes his way to the town where he, he meets everybody. Right, we had introduced to all these characters. Uh, our first introduction. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Timothy. Uh, 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 James Dalton. Bond. Dalton. Thank you. Our first introduction to him, where he's running alongside of Simon Pegg's character, and it, what does he say? He's like. Uh, I'm a I'm, slasher.
1: I must be stopped.
0: Right? Or uh, my prices <laughs> are criminal, or something.
1: Like that. He, goes, he goes. He goes. I'm a madman. I must be stopped. What? He goes. I'm a slasher. Of Prices. Of
0: prices. <laughs> <laughs> my deals are criminal. <laughs> That's right. That whole thing. I love that setup too, because even that is like a a very blatant call that eventually we're gonna cash in on. Where he is one. He is not just the guy. He's one of them. But <laughs> also,
1: also very subtle, bringing in the running thing.
0: Yeah. Off yep. the bat. A hundred percent. Very good. Well executed. Uh, I love how frustrated
1: is so great in this movie. He, he is, is a so,
0: tremendous. Villain. His a couple of reasons why one that run that sequence in the beginning. Fantastic. The first time we introduced to him. Second, uh, when he's frustrated, uh, when he, his, his little, um, his Snyder remark when the, at the traffic accident. Great. Third, maybe the best scene of his in the movie
1: it really hurts. <laughs> Honestly, that scene makes me physically uncomfortable.
0: Oh, much. 100%. I can't watch it at all. It's terrible. Um, but
1: but his, some of his, like, well, like what you are talking about with the, the, yeah, never was there a tale of more tragedy and woe than that of Juliet and her Romeo. The, just yeah. the way he delivers that whole line is, is <laughs>
0: and Why incredible. did you kill him? He murdered Bill Shakespeare. What? Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And what about, what about, uh, what about, what, what's it, I forget those two names for whatever reason, I don't remember why. <laughs> Shit, most detestable laugh, the most horrid laugh.
0: Yeah. Hot, horrid. The great horrid. <laughs> I love the
1: chance, the one. Yeah. Like
0: the, one. <laughs> the greater good. I Check One it. of the, this is one particular joke that I never noticed before. Um, the cop that speaks in like almost like a gibberish, uh, there are two lines when there's sexual jokes made. One of them was he just goes, her tits. Yeah. And the other time is he goes, ha, ha, dicks. dicks.
1: <laughs> Cocks. Cocks.
0: Cocks. Sorry. And yes, like, this
1: is, it's funny. This I was so talking stupid. about that the other night at dinner when I was saying I was going to watch a movie because my family all loves their movies. They love that movie in particular. Um, and I was saying how there's, it took me a long time to realize that's what was going on there because so much of what he says is so hard to understand. Like over time, most even the gibberish issue saying, yeah. did watch it enough times to listen closely enough or whatever. But it was those I guess I for whatever reason they never really registered for me. And That was probably came down to again like you were saying like not paying full attention on rewatches. Sure. But I don't remember what well maybe a year or two ago I was watching it and it finally clicked for me that that's what's happening there cuz she says something about being top heavy and he goes ha, tits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the first time I was like I was like how did I never realize that's what he was doing that whole time? And yeah. then uh they were talking about like the the late night fry up or whatever that George Merchant has before the house explodes, and she goes, "Oh, I don't know. I like a bit of a midnight gobble." And he goes, oh, "Cocks."
0: That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's so good. It cracks me up. I also love that shtick of like uh, Angel doesn't know what that character is ever saying until the end when they're all starting to get on the same page, and he goes, "He said whatever." He goes, "I know." <laughs>
1: Also, if you want to go with other obscure joke setups, um, or like, you know, kind of the call and answer in this that I really enjoy is someone throwing the garbage can from off screen off someone's yeah. head. What is that? I don't know, but it happens <coughs> the first time they go in to see the Andes mm-hmm. and they walk out and he's and, and Danny says something about them and one of them is, ah, oh, fuck off, you know. Yeah. And then at the end of the movie, the same thing when when everyone's finally all friends, even the Andes, right after they yep. they've got all their collars or whatever, and, you know, I forget who like what he says or whatever. And he goes, "Oh, you cheeky fucker!" Yeah, <laughs> and they all have a laugh.
0: That's that. was great. I also at the end when uh uh Nick Frost character makes the like someone says policemen and he makes he corrects them and it says actually and it goes to the whole thing. But then Angel's character makes like the dirty joke afterwards yes. like that, that the way that they tie it up where he's like now a member of the community is yes. is just so good i uh i love the Andes. yes uh they they might be my favorite characters even though yeah. everybody else is fantastic they crack me up for some reason there's just something about their delivery uh i think my favorite one of my favorite scenes is so we, we obviously there's the swear box which is great Right. But that one Nicely scene Tiller
1: was fucking murdered. Thank you, Danny. Thank you. <laughs> what, yeah. is what is it with you and all the fucking murder? Thank yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's like the other person paying the swear box for them yes. so that they can continue. There is, is, and the politeness of thanking them. There's yes. something, there's something super charming about the writing of that interaction. And like, that's like one of those things where I feel like written down, it was probably really funny. Like it was a really funny concept. But those scene. characters and their chemistry—they pulled it off without skipping a beat. Like I, it's it's so well executed. <laughs> I, it cracks me up. I don't know why. the you, thank that you that Andy. That
1: Scene kicks off with him just screaming, "Leslie Tiller was fucking murdered!" And it's like, oh. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, but uh, what does he say? I, he goes through this whole thing. It's like, but it was, uh, but that was an accident, really no so let me
1: get this straight you think that what's you know this one and that one are murdered yes and George Bershon was murdered yes and uh, whatever was murdered yes Leslie Tiller no actually really of course he fucking was (laughs) (laughs) Uh, oh
0: man Um, so diving I mean I'm jumping around the movie a lot here Uh, I do like the idea the the whole thing about the uh, another callback the uh, journalist for the top, for that paper that they have who with the terrible spelling errors, and that's the reason they killed him, is just the mistakes that he made was one of the... Like, he had to go.
1: Yeah, yeah, I love... Uh, the, <laughs> what's so great about all that is he has all of these, these things, you know, why, oh, like, this one was spilling secrets to that one, and that one was telling George Merchant. George Merchant was buying up all the property, and the journalist was the one who was... He was digging into all of this and finding out that they were ruining the town and this and that and each one of them is like you know because all justifiable reasons why this cabal would be killing those people if they were choosing to do this to silence all dissent and quash all like extraneous activity and make sure that the village was perfect right right you would you would say oh wow it would make sense for them to kill that person just you know the, <laughs> the, the squeaky wheel gets the oil right and it's yeah oh yeah he uh, his his litany of like spelling errors and his tabloid journalism brought down the uh, you know the Sanford Daily or whatever it is, right? You know, yeah. He goes what? Yeah, you know, the hard laugh. Yeah, you know, his his mansion was hardly in keeping with the town's rustic aesthetic. <laughs> <laughs> Leslie, Leslie Tiller was uh, was to say one of us, you know, but she uh, she betrayed us, sold her land. We couldn't let her uh, lending her green thumb to those Buford Abbey. If we if we can't have her, no
0: one can. <laughs> <laughs> the greater good. Oh man. It's so fun. The uh, I loved I loved Nick Frost uh his character like understanding what's going on. And then like like the twist of him grabbing Angel's arm and he'd be like, "Oh no, like not you too." And then stabbing him in the book that he gave him earlier. Another great setup. Like that's a thing that happens time and again like Somebody put something in their shirt and gets shot there, right? But like he put it there and he stabbed him there. That whole thing and then the the ketchup packet, which is like another callback when he Ta-da. opens it
1: Ta da He's uh, playing Judge, Jury, and Executioner.
0: He's not he's Judge, Judy, and Executioner.
1: I love, too, he goes, He goes, you know, he disappeared them. He goes, you know, he's going to disappear you, too. He goes, I'll bring down the whole, uh, you know, he can disappear all. Of the, like he's going to disappear the whole police force. From That's life. right. <laughs> Which, there has to be jurisdictional issues there sure sure <laughs> um I, like while, while we're talking about that castle scene though um that's also another one where like just talking about like the density of the callbacks because there was all those little lines right, right you know he says you know we'll be up to our knees and uh dog muck and uh crusty jugglers before we know it you know the living statue is uh, yep. is, uh is, a, is a blight on our town the hoodies with their graffiti you know, your predecessor had a great big bushy beard, you know, oh, we can't have- A great like... big bushy beard. <laughs> and then when he falls through the ground and he sees that's where they're hiding all the dead bodies and mm-hmm. you see each one and they flash each of those lines. It's like, wow, some of those seemed kind of like, like a one-off or some of them like a one-off line or a joke or just background or whatever. And it's, wow, all of that's come back here, you know?
0: Yep, that and the best part about that is the statue in pose, dead. It's with like gross. a little
1: like straight like thin line of blood like coming yeah. out of his mouth or something like that. It's great. I couldn't believe they killed Filch just for having the guns and and clipping yeah. the, the the hedges. Um, yeah. Also, that was great too, where he's doing the the extra gibberish, and then Walker is doing the kind of gibberish. Oh yeah, the triple Danny's translation.
0: Getting- <laughs> so funny. Um. Oh, and then the last one where they it, where he says one word, and yeah, those.
1: They- <laughs> Yeah, pose. Yes, pose. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I also I love how it goes from, um, you know, it's super com- super comedic to super conspiracy to straight up crazy violent. Yes, like yeah. And like, each
1: act is, is kind of its own separate genre.
0: Right, <laughs> it's perfect. Uh, but the way that that all starts off with like the first person and. <laughs> an angel. She shoots, the the old lady shoots him at him with the shotgun and as she's reloading, he's running towards her. The fact that they, the way that that is cut with him actually jumping over the fence and kicking her square in the face. What is so, what is it about something like that that is super comical?
1: It's just pure shock value. Right? I guess. Oh yeah. wow, he kicked that 70-year-old woman with a flying kick in the head, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah. And she's not passed out or anything. She's just mad about it. Like that.
1: <laughs> Although they even kind of hinted at it right before that, right? When he creams the like the telephone pole when he's trying to to call the rest of the town to let them know that he's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, but also within that whole sequence, there's two other great callbacks and then there's progression because there's the swan, right? Sure. You know, so it's him trying to settle into his job he's everyone's laughing at him he doesn't like it he, he feels like he's totally out of place which we already knew plus like totally out of place in the sense that like no one even seems to follow the rules he gets a phone call you know you yeah, know I'd like to report report that the swan's missing you know swan's missing <laughs> he goes can I ask who's calling uh yes it's uh mr staker Peter iron staker he goes all right mr staker pi staker piss Staker, come on come on <laughs> and they cut immediately to him taking the <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <it's> good. yeah. <laughs> what's his name too um uh
0: steven uh, merchant? merchant yeah
1: yeah <laughs> it's such a could you describe it please uh orange beak long slender neck it's a swan <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> i he cracks me up now anytime i see him because i think of his scene in jojo rabbit hmm uh, well, uh, what did I miss? Well, we hiled each other, and then we hiled him, and then <laughs> now you're here. <laughs> <laughs> but to go from that
1: progression, right, because then they're hunting the swan, right? They can't catch uh-huh. the swan. Then he's honking at the swan to try to yep. get it. The swan attacks him. Honk. <laughs> That's <laughs> 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 not going to work. <laughs> and then, you know, we get ten minutes, and then it's they're chasing down the guy in the store, and then there's the swan. Can't catch the swan again. Then it they they finally chase it down at the end, and they, they pull over. It, it almost causes car crashes, right? They throw it in the, the van, right? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so we get that like whole genesis of that thing from beginning to end of the movie, like tying up in that. Then there's the one with you know all like the Night's Watch association and all that. You know. Well,
0: you know? no, but but not only do they get at the very very end, he's reunited with the swan. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> it does come full circle. It's a long, slender neck. <laughs> it's,
1: it's, it's a, a
0: swan. <laughs> yeah, you know,
1: and in the middle of all that, right? You know, it's, no, it's Noel catching them swans then. You know? <laughs> it's just the one swan, actually. <laughs> but in that scene, you hear on the radio, very obviously, after they've already gotten the shop, guess who's coming into your shop? It's that Nicholas Angel. Get a look at his arse. Yeah. Then we take it over to the side, right? We have that whole thing, right? And then when they come back into town for the fight, you know, it's, look who's coming into town. It's, S- it's Sergeant Angel. Look at his horse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but even before that, they had had, when, when he's, he makes the connection when they're, when they're doing the, the investigation, he's mm-hmm. been embarrassed looking for Timothy Dalton, right? Yeah. yeah. Well oh it's you know it's one, killer, it's one killer No luck catching them killers then, you know <laughs> No luck catching them killers then Yeah just like rattling around in his brain <laughs> and all those like the pitch perfect exact same delivery of killers yeah. and the and the swan and all that and like to see that whole like so many disparate little things that are tied together so centrally into one mm-hmm. it's like the whole movie is that
0: Yeah. Uh it's so good. The uh, uh on it so talking about all these tie-ups that they do, uh, a a thing that doesn't seem like a joke until it pays off is the sign on the door of the shop that says one student at a time. And every time the shop door opens, it dings. And when they have the students all run through at the same time, they take the time to actually make the sound effect, ding, 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 as they're running (laughs) through the door. And I was like, this is really throwaway, really stupid, yet so perfect.
1: (laughs) Also, Based on the way that scene is shot and cut and, like, the audio of it all, that woman was defeated purely by the amount of kids in the store, right? Like, they don't even do anything to her. No. It's just their mere presence in there altogether. Yeah, and the, that's the, it. The, the beeping over and over again that has driven her to insanity, right? mm mm-hmm, <laughs>
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, uh, I do love, uh, after that, we get the callback. Uh,
1: Fascist! <laughs> Hag. <Hank.
0: laughs> and, <laughs> and then...
1: She does such a great job with that, too, yeah. Fascism. Oh, fascism! Yeah, lovely, <laughs> lovely.
0: The uh, the follow up of the priest trying to talk uh, angel down. You're a man. You're not a man of God, but surely you're a man of peace. And then shooting at him when the gun goes off and blows his toes off, and he just goes, Jesus Christ! <laughs> you know,
1: I think I mentioned this a couple months ago. So that guy is Belloc in. Raiders is a lost star,
0: right? You did mention that. Forgot and also, I was that.
1: looking, I was scrolling through. He was also Ivan Ooze in the, the No Power Rangers movie. That one, I wow, that I never would have got just because of the amount of prosthetics and makeup that was on his face.
0: Oh man, I love that movie. So trust me, I,
1: me, uh, me, and my brother. I think both at different stages in our childhood used to watch that movie like every day. You know when you were like. Five years old, and you watched oh, yeah. the same movie every day.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, I remember vividly watching the Phantom Menace over and over again. Yeah, that that's was, that's right. was later. I you, but, that.
1: you were like eleven so,
0: at that point, probably. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, oh man, I bought that movie at Saturday Matinee. Um, I have, I still have that copy of, uh, of that Power Rangers movie, The Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie, I think it was called, and it is at my parents' house. And it's in a cabinet that was specifically designed to hold VHS tapes. And it's one of the ones that doesn't really fit anywhere because it's in one of those garbage, gigantic bubble boxes. Do you know the one I'm talking about?
1: Oh, I know. And I know <sighs> in that specific one, it was a white one. It was the That's right. uh, it was a white, white container with the, the wrap on it and all.
0: Yep, yep. <clears throat> what the hell was that about? It was like 16 times larger than the VHS tape inside.
1: <laughs> because I think they wanted to look like a book.
0: Oh, all right. It's a little bookshelf action. Yeah. All right. That's kind of
1: the shelves were designed for only the tape, which doesn't make sense to me because yeah, you never bought just the tape. Like at that's right. Bare minimum, it had the cardboard sleeve.
0: Right. It's very but, stupid.
1: But the plastic bubble thing was a very common thing, especially if you ever owned, say, like a Disney movie.
0: That's right. They all because were they it. all had it. Yep. Ugh. How infuriating. <laughs> Man, I kind of miss VHS tapes. Something wonderful about them. Anyway, uh, back to the movie. <laughs> uh, what are you thinking? Pub. Pub. <laughs> but that the, that switch callback. And then, yeah. so those are, those were two lines that got reversed at the end of the movie uh, is what are you thinking, pub? And it's like the opposite character is asking that. And then also, want anything from the shop? That that got me.
1: Yeah. You've already been to the shop. Wasn't talking about that shop. <laughs> what shop were you talking about? The other shop. <laughs> the <to> grocery
0: <laughs> store. <laughs> I also I love when they're in the shop earlier, and he's reading the descriptions of the movies, and he's like, you can see how excited he is about it.
1: Yes. So great! Time so. cop, meet the cop that can't be stopped.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh, um, very good. Oh, the very good what he said callback. So when, uh, what's the what the cop that like uh, Angel always gives like the rundown of what they're gonna do. And yeah, it was
1: other the, the sar- sergeant, whatever I forget his name, Pop- Popper or something like that.
0: Or? Yeah, uh, something. he's like hey, very good. What he said, and then like at the end when they're gonna raid the the shop, and he has the like the perfect plan, and Angel goes, "Very good." What he said. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah, like, oh, that's so well done. That um, raid
1: was great because they had all like the the different little aspects to it. Because there's the two butchers throwing an endless supply of knives.
0: Oh yeah, it's which great. was
1: really incredible. Like much better. Like more tense scene than it really should have been, considering mm-hmm. they all had guns and riot gear, and these two guys just had a curved glass case to stand behind and all of the sharp butcher knives.
0: That's right. And, and I do I, I love it. Running the carts into it ends the battle.
1: Yes, no, but before that though, yeah, you know, one of them hits the 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 bottle of, of uh, tomato sauce. And it oh yeah, splashed all over. He's screaming,
0: Andy. Yeah. it's just it's ragu. Well, like, it's bolognese. Oh <laughs> bolognese, Yeah. Oh man. There's so uh, the, the scene
1: with the, the the secretary, the the bitchy secretary. She charges her. She smacks her with the wet side. <laughs> he goes, "How's that for a bit of girl on girl action?" And like, you
0: know, all they like, all laugh. Big laugh. Yeah. <laughs> so. I uh, uh oh, actually another one when uh Angel knocks out uh Clegane. Uh, what's <laughs> what's his name? That's also that blows my mind every time I see it.
1: That's, that, 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 that's Rory McCann. <laughs> that's the
0: Hound. Yeah, when he uh when he knocks him out and he's answering on the radio, he goes yarp 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 nar. <laughs> 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 that's perfect. Um, but my favorite line, I, I forgot about this until I, I, luckily it's the last one in my notes here, um, but potentially it, the entire movie is is crazy, right? And it escalates and it gets more and more out of hand. By the end of it, it's so ridiculous uh, that when uh, Timothy Dalton's head is on the spike and all that, and then uh, Jim Broadbent comes in again and he's got uh, Nick Frost with the gun to his head. And Simon Pegg goes, pack it in, Frank, you silly bastard. <laughs> he's like, he's just like, had enough at this point. <laughs> you know, I want to talk
1: about Jim robinson because I love him and we haven't mm. really talked about him in this too much. But before we get to that, another one of these, like, how did they call that back? When they're talking about, you know, oh, someone must have seen, you know, known the, you know, the victim or whatever. He goes, everyone knows everyone in this town. He goes, want us to go through the phone book all the way? We'll start with Aaron A. Aronson. And they have that whole sequence at the end, and the kid helps him out and bites Timothy Dalton right. And he goes, "It's a good job, kid. What's your name?" He goes, "Aaron Aronson." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he looks back at him. Yeah, um, but uh, I already said it earlier before we did the movie part of it, <clears throat> right in the beginning, yeah. You know, someone's been, you know, trimming. Uh, what, what's his name's uh, hedge clippings or sorry, his hedgerows? Answer. That's
0: it. Yeah. That, that delivery. <laughs> That's. It's it's, it's it's him it's like to a t like he he's i feel like he's the only person that could deliver it that way there's so many other
1: stupid little things though in that movie you know yeah you know, what <laughs> yeah oh would you like some cake you know whatever no no sir by the way what is with the chocolate cake he goes, oh that's just uh about one of again the gateau is because of uh one of danny's little indiscretions he goes i wouldn't say that the the that a dwi is uh <laughs> he's a little in discussion. he goes oh no no the gato is not for that it's for uh, him leaving his helmet around somewhere he goes no for this I'm, sp- I'm sorry something would have to be much more serious dealt with. are you a fan of Chunky Monkey uh what sir well let's just say the office is not going to be in very short
0: supply for the next month <laughs> yeah and then but then Nick Frost goes ah I'm oh, dad <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: my goodness
0: so <laughs> oh, <laughs> pack it in frank you silly bastard
1: but it's great too because before we find out he's a villain like sure he's like funny and he's you know kind of like uh happy-go-lucky and you know maybe head in the clouds a little bit but you see like moments too where like in the in the church scene after uh the reporter gets killed mm-hmm. and he's like you know are you saying this is a like a crime scene you know and then he he turns it on snaps into action. You, you get a cordon off, you know, you, you know, interview all the witnesses, you, you know, you guys. Are, and it's like, Oh, okay. Like he, he's a badass business when he's gotta be like, yeah. and then, you know, you can see when he's um, he seems to be when, when, uh, when, uh Angel is, is kind of losing it because the conspiracy is like threatening to break his brain. He's like compassionate and like really tries to talk him down off the ledge. Like, and if it wasn't so, like evil, what he's actually doing, you'd have yep. like a the moment there where it's like, oh wow, he really cares about this guy. He sees like, like he wants to believe, but there's not enough evidence. And this is just him being a, a cop. And hey, listen, you're going to drive yourself crazy because I think, you know, you're trying to prove yourself and all this. And like, it was very empathetic. And it's like, mm-hmm. wow, like this is like, it's a real person, you know? It's, oh yeah. no, he's a cartoonish villain, actually. <laughs>
0: it's so funny. It's, it's really, yeah. And, that, and that's the thing, right? Like, there's so much. There's so much depth for a movie that doesn't necessarily need to have it, but it ends up becoming a movie that is both a tremendous comedy and a actually like really well-made film. And that's the thing that I think is really funny about like buddy cop movies, right? You get a movie like rush hour, which leans heavily into the comedic side of it, right? Like the twists, not that I feel like any movie, if if you're watching a movie, if you've watched movies before, you see the twist coming, right? It's not Mm. that big of a deal um it's really more about the humor and the comedy in it. Then there's Lethal Weapon, which is like a relatively good drama with a good amount of levity through the interactions between the characters, but it leans heavily into the drama side. This yeah. movie is masquerading around as the former, but it's got a strong script. Like yes. the actual story, while a little bit outlandish, is a, is well written and like the like the whole idea of like bringing in a conspiracy into this Uh, it's just it's fantastic, it's so good and it makes me want to watch the other ones again. I haven't seen Shaun of the Dead in a long time and it's in a similar boat where like I watched it once through a long time ago and then maybe I've seen bits and pieces of it throughout the years, but I have not sat down to rewatch it in a very long time.
1: I don't remember how I first stumbled on Shaun of the Dead, but I know I saw it before Hot Fuzz because I saw Hot Fuzz in theaters with a couple of my buddies in high school. Mm. I've seen both of movies a million times since though. I, th- I think I've mentioned in the past, the classic Saturday morning brunch that we have, like not that it's like a formal brunch, just the fact that we all get together and have like a big breakfast mm. on a lot of Saturday mornings. Shaun of the dead has been one of those. It's been my cousin, Vinny, Shaun of the dead. Those have been two classic mainstays over the past 15 years yeah. of just thing to throw on during or right after like our Saturday morning, like lazy, like breakfast brunch or whatever around mm-hmm. the house. Um, I, so I saw Shaun of the Dead on a Saturday morning like three weeks ago. So mm. <laughs> it's always kind of fresh in my mind. I, I would have to go back and see World's End again just to like get the details like firm in my mind. Like I remember like the big picture, like sure. some of the little funny things that happened in it. But um, I don't have the same working knowledge of the other two movies that I have with that one. Yeah. Or, sorry, I phrased that backwards, but you know what I meant? Mm. Um.
0: But no, that's yeah. I uh, we'll 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 get those in here eventually.
1: Bye. It was perfect doing this the week after point
0: break. Oh yeah, so good. That I love that he gets to actually shoot his gun up in the air and go R.
1: Yeah. <laughs> He's not a pirate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I to show a gun up in the air and go R. <laughs> yes. Oh, one last note that I forgot to cover. Uh, the reveal that the desk clerk is twins. Oh yeah. Great.
1: Nobody tells me nothing.
0: <laughs> well, very well executed. I also like think it's very funny that that guy looks like your father, and your father says that line a lot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he does look a little bit like him. I guess <laughs> I never really made that connection. That's funny.
0: More um, uh, In particular, the crazy one, and when your father's in diplomatic immunity in mode.
1: The voice, is, yeah, the way he says nobody tells me nothing is very similar to when he's talking about how he has diplomatic immunity. You're right.
0: No. No.
2: Um,
1: I was just thinking, though, it wasn't actually having to do with that character, but he was right around it. Um, when they, and they use it twice in quick succession, right? When he says, I'm sorry, we can't accept gifts from people that we've uh, formally rebuked. And he goes,
2: Oh! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: that's so good. All right. Well, you got anything else on this? Any closing thoughts?
1: Yeah, we missed one classic bit from the Andes when they come in when the two of them are like talking I forget which like I think it's one of the crime scenes, you yes. know. Oh, if it isn't Constable Fanny Butterbum <laughs> <laughs> Sergeant Nicholas R. Swipe. <laughs> and Danny goes, Oh, that's us. <laughs>
0: I love it. I love it. Well That's all for this week's episode of Flicks in the Six. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, if you have a movie for us to review or nuggets for us to discuss, you can send those requests to Flicks in the Six at thespinchune.com or tweet us at TheSpinTune. Tune in next week for more movie and beer goodness. Until then, I'm Anthony Costanzo. I'm Al Bielsi. Thanks for coming out.